Do you know what a haiku is? It's a Japanese poem that is made up of three lines. The first and third line has five syllables. That's it. The second line has seven syllables. I started experimenting with them on Twitter a little bit lately just because I used to like doing this and I thought it would sharpen my uh, my writing skills a little bit. I thought it would be the I thought that, you know, why don't I share these with you? So I decided that this might be the perfect introduction to my podcast and very original. So let's start it today. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to even title these things because, to be honest with you, I, I have no idea what to call them. But this is last week, the big news of last week. Here we go. Murder caught on film. Protests turned to wild mobs. A new narrative found. Isn't that, wow, don't you feel like cultured? Yeah, trust me, they will get better. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass to Talk in Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. So, a um, couple things you need to know about. First off, I got a new computer. So if my audio is a little off, that's fine. I did test it. I didn't test it before I did the introduction when I realized, oh my God, everyone's going to go crazy. So it, I will fix that as we go. Uh, second, it is 1.30 on a Sunday morning. So what have I been doing, you might ask? I have been watching TV, watching how my home city of Los Angeles is being absolutely destroyed and finishing this which what promises to be a very long podcast. Um, all of the notes and all of the things that I wanted to say about it. And this is one of those things where I realized I'm not going to be able to say everything because there's just way too much to bring up here. So let's start let's start with the story, the initial story. A black main man named George Flynn Floyd, excuse me, a black man named George Floyd was arrested for handing out a fake $20 bill in a store in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The police were called. Police came. They arrested him. There were actually four police officers at the scene at the time. Supposedly, though there is no video of it, Floyd resisted, and he was taken to the ground by a couple of the officers, while two other officers just stood there. Now, I want to say something. Supposedly... It didn't look like Floyd actually resisted at all. And if you, there were several different angles from the videos, including the police videos. One of the officers was named Derek Chauvin. Video was taken of Chauvin with his knee on Floyd's neck. Floyd was in the prone position, which means he was on his stomach. And he kept his knee on Floyd's neck for about eight and a half minutes. That was very disturbing. What What is disturbing about it is that Floyd was complaining that he couldn't breathe. Blood was coming out of his nose and it appeared that Chauvin had his entire body weight on Floyd's throat. Uh, if you go to Dumbasses Talking Politics, you can actually look at the video 
but the audio is just as disturbing. God! Ah! Yeah, 50. Oh. Oh, man. Ah. Look how they throwing people out here. Got him uh. feet on the ground. Uh -huh. He crying. Uh -huh. That's sick. Please. Please. Please, I can't breathe. Please, man. Please, I am. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. When Chauvin uh, got off of Floyd, Floyd was unconscious and died a few hours later. Uh, there is no, the autopsy has been released. They're looking at a second autopsy. So we're not really sure how he died. There were some circumstances in it. Uh, which I think are really bad. I wish Chauvin was pure as the driven snow, but he's not. So we're not going to talk about that until we get something more uh, detailed, more absolute. The video is absolutely horrid, and what Chauvin did was absolutely terrible. I protect the police as much as I can, uh, but this was as bad as that cop in Chicago who shot that unarmed black kid, kid, in the back for being stoned. He wasn't listening, so he was stoned, and he shot him in the back, and that guy is now serving life in prison. The four officers were immediately fired, and it was found that Chauvin had 18 prior complaints placed on him during his 19 career, over half of them were through excessive violence. Four days later, on Friday, Chauvin was arrested and charged with third-degree murder and, uh, I think, first-degree manslaughter. Uh, but there are more charges that are pending. Again, that's all we know. He was arrested. The other three officers uh, do, have, do have charges pending. They haven't been given anything. But... People were not satisfied with this. It took, a, they, as far as they're concerned, it took a really long time. And I hate to say this because I, I always think that you give people benefit of the doubt. There's got to be lots of proof. But that video was terrible. And yeah, probably should have been arrested the second they saw that video. And they could have seen that video from body cams. They could have looked at the videos that were posted online. There was lots of videos of this whole incident. The reaction to the event was kind of as expected. Um, protests started rising up first in Minneapolis. Then they started rising up in other cities. At first the protests were loud, but they were kind of peaceful. There was nothing really terrible happening. Um, that was on the first protest, I think it was on Tuesday. The protesters would show up at the third precinct in the Minneapolis Police Department, and that's where most of the problem, that's where the police officer was actually from. As night fell, the protesters became a little bit more aggressive, threatening the police station and setting off fireworks, but they were still peaceful. They weren't, you know making that much of a mess. The protests turned into a riot. Stores were destroyed and all products were stolen. 
This is the same thing that happened for three nights. The same thing happened for three nights. Actually, the reason I'm doing this today is because it's now the fifth night and they are still looting. But they're looting everywhere right now. This is the same thing that happened in 1992 riots in Los Angeles uh, during the, because of the Rodney King arrest where the police beat the crap out of Rodney King. Now, a lot of people don't know that whole story of the Rodney King riot. And once you hear it, you can understand why the cops actually ended up getting off in that whole thing. I'm not going to bring it up now, but I, I suggest you actually look it up if you want to. Um, it wasn't what it seemed. On Friday, the protests broke loose in Minneapolis, which is where they started. Atlanta, Los Angeles, San Jose, New York, and Washington, D.C., right by the White House. Secret Service is guarding the White House. The protests, start, again, started quietly during the day, but became violent when the sun went down. And when I say violent, I don't mean violent as in people were beating each other up. It was looting. People were stealing. It was a riot. It was, it was a garbage riot. These protests, now it's Sunday, Sunday morning, Saturday night, and that's why I decided this is probably going to be a lot longer a podcast than normal. But the protests are, or the riots are still going on. And I don't want to call them protests because, and we'll talk about that a little later, but these are not protesters. These are thugs. These are rioters. And these, that, these, this is a mob. So I hate the confusion of, well, these people are just protesting because of the injustice that happened. This is not a protest. Now these people are rioting and they're breaking into places. In Los Angeles, they're breaking into liquor stores, marijuana stores, uh, uh, Apple stores, and stealing things. They're not rioting. They're stealing things. Um, Los Angeles, tons of uh, three pot stores were actually broken into. Why do you think they broke in there? Hmm. Interesting. So let's not confuse all this stuff. But these protests prove that Democrats have no leadership. These protests all happened in Democrat-controlled cities. Every one of those cities that I just read to you is a Democratic-controlled city. And what do the Democrats do? The Democrats say, well, we're not going to protect the city because one of, some of the protesters might get hurt and we just we don't want to do that. That would be a bad thing. So we're going to pull back the police. We're going to not call the National Guard. And we're going to let them blow off steam, which is what the Baltimore mayor said during the last riot. Well, that doesn't seem right, because I thought one of the things the government's supposed to do is protect the people. They're not protecting the people. They're pulling the police away. They're pulling the... And we're going to talk about why this is just really bad. The police... Yes, this police officer did a bad thing. That doesn't mean most police officers do bad things, or all police officers do bad things, which is what the purpose of these riots are. So now, small businesses typically run in these neighborhoods that are being attacked are typically run by 
uh, immigrants or run by minorities. They have their livelihood destroyed. And no one really seems to care. So, of course, President Trump weighs in with a tweet and at the end of this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to spend a couple of minutes talking about other things. If you notice that my voice has changed tone, that's because I did it on purpose. That's part of the adjustments thing with the new computer. He said, quote, These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I don't let that happen. Just spoke to the governor, Tim Waltz, from Minneapolis, from Minnesota, and told him the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts, thank you. Now, this is going to be a story we're going to have probably Monday. Um, Twitter decided to tap um, <laughs> this as a violation of their Twitter policy. They basically said this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. And I, I didn't really see what he was saying because I kind of understood what he was saying. He didn't say that the looting starts, then the military should start shooting the looters. He was saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts because looters start shooting each other, which, by the way, is exactly what happened. I believe it was on a Thursday, seven people were shot. Seven looters were shot by citizens that were protecting their businesses. So he was kind of right. He just, again, Trump uses extremely clumsy wording. But the big thing here is that Twitter is finally doing what we already knew they were going to do. They're going to start shaping their policies to go to start fact-checking people and all of that other stuff. So anybody on the right is going to have to walk on eggshells on Twitter. But meanwhile, everyone on the left can say whatever they want. We're going to talk about this because this is one of the bigger stories this week, too is that Trump said, no, that's going to stop. So we'll have to see. I'm not exactly sure. I Again, Trump's very clumsy with his language, which is why I just want him off Twitter. Even 248 characters or whatever, it's just not enough for him. Um, but that's another huge story. The Minneapolis mayor, uh, another lefty named Jacob Fry made a speech, and it was the typical leftist speech. Blacks are dying every day. They're angry. We need to change the set uh, system, etc., etc., etc. Whatever. If you want to go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can look at the entire 25-minute press conference. But the speech that I'm going to focus on came from and someone named Andrea Jenkins. Now, this is going to trip you out. She's a trans she's a transgender vice president of the Minneapolis City Council and she's black or he's black. I don't know, whatever. All I do all I knew is when I first saw this guy walk on stage and then he started singing Okay, never mind. So just listen to the start of his or her speech, 
And I think you'll know where I'm going to be going after. Amazing grace. How sweet is the sound that saved a like me this guy was an artist and a poet and that apparently qualifies him for um <laughs> that apparently qualifies him to be vice president of the city council in Minneapolis and i had to actually verify this because there are women out there that are six foot seven and have huge Adam's apples and talk like uh, Darth Vader. But I did validate it. He is a transgender, bisexual too. I mean, this guy, black, transgender, bisexual, he meets every victim group, group in the world. And I shouldn't or should feel bad wondering why this guy actually ended up vice president of the city council in Minnesota. And I don't think I really have to know much about the problems in Minnesota anymore. Well, here, here's, here's the meter. Here's part of her speech that I just needed to point out simply because I, I think it was telling. I grew up in a religious family religious home. Um, I grew up in the church with Reverend Jeremiah Wright. And he talked about these injustices every Sunday. Does the Reverend Jeremiah Wright sound like a familiar name? It should. Barack Obama used to spend his Sundays in the congregation led by Reverend Jeremiah Wright. And what was he famous for? He was famous for, and understand something, I am quoting him, quote, uh, it's not God bless America, it's God damn America, end quote. Yeah, that's it. Um, he hates America. He thinks everything that a white guy does is evil. He thinks all white people are evil. He thinks all Jews are evil. He is a complete anti-Semite. So when I hear this broad or guy or whatever it is go up there and, and say that he used to go and, and spend a lot of time with the Reverend... I mean, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright almost gave... It was one of the bigger problems Barack Obama had during his candidacy. I mean, yeah, that that and the other terrorists that he supported in school. But outside of that, this was not a good guy. And by the way, I, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. So now let's listen to a clip that gets to the meat of this guy's story. And this is something that everybody else seems to be perpetrating. Maybe it's some brand new propaganda. Ooh, I just gave a little foreshadowing to the rest of the podcast. Listen to this. 
we feel as if there was a knee on all of our collective necks. A knee that says black life does not matter to the institutions that dictate what happens in this culture and society. I am a part of this system to help to take that knee off of our necks. And that is the work that I will be doing. Um, as we stand here grieving um, yet another loss of, of black life, um, a senseless, tragic loss of black life, um, I, I, I really don't have many words. Um, but I know that something's got to change. And so I am asking my colleagues, the mayor, and anyone else who is concerned about the state of affairs in our community to de declare a state of emergency, declaring racism as a public health issue. Until we name this virus, this disease that has infected America for the past 400 years, we will never, ever resolve this issue. This speech was annoying in several ways. It actually doesn't solve anything. It actually invites protest. Let's break this down because it's important. Now, you get that? This country has been racist for 400 years. Really? 400 years, huh? This is a problem with the left. This is a problem with the left. The left does not understand time or history. There is no time or history. It's only what we've done. This country has had good times, it's had bad times. We've had our dark parts of history and our good parts of history. This is not one of the dark parts of history. It's dark because we've got a lot of people that want to change the fundamental ways of the United States, but it's not, we're not, we haven't been racist for five, for, for four, uh, 400 years. Uh, let's face it. We had um, a civil war that ended slavery that killed 500,000 U.S. citizens. In matter of fact, it was the war that killed the most citizens in our history. We had Jim Crow, dark part of history. But white people, specifically white men, actually started the civil, uh, this signed the Civil Rights Act, and ended it. These people keep talking. Oh, it's always happening. But the reality is, it hasn't happened since 1968, when the the bill was signed. So you're talking 50 years. And there, nothing has been improved for blacks in 50 years. The other thing is, she was talking about, well, we feel there is a, a knee on our collective nets, necks. This is a telling statement. Here's a newsflash. George Floyd was an individual 
who was killed by an individual. George Floyd wasn't killed by the white race. George Floyd was killed by the individual. George Floyd does not represent the entire black race. George Floyd was killed unjustifiably by an individual white guy. Now, does that mean there's no racism? We don't know. Was this guy a racist? Possible. We, we just don't know, but that's not relevant here. I'm not racist. A lot of you who listen aren't racist, I'm sure. You saw that video. If you saw that video, there is no way you could think that was okay. There is no explanation that this Chauvin could give that would explain away what he did. Everyone is disgusted by it. And that Fox News, everybody else. I heard an interview on Fox News today with some idiot from the Cal State, from University of California, San Bernardino, who said, well, Fox News, no, Fox News has been actually condemning this action by this police officer. So it's crap. It's an uh, individual, whether he be racist, improperly trained, or just a bad human being killed another individual, George Floyd, who was a flawed man, but not, according to his history, who was a flawed man, but not a bad man. And he died. He was murdered. That's it. And let's talk about this institutional racism. I'm so sick of hearing about institutional racism. I haven't heard one person justify the killing. In fact, the white officer was arrested and charged with murder. If it was institutional racism, it would have been dismissed. And by the way, this this Andrea chick, guy, whatever it is, is the vice president of the Minneapolis, uh, the Minneapolis um, political area, whatever it is. Is that a sign of institutional racism where we're taking transgen- black transgender bisexuals? That's institute that proves institutional racism. The in- Department of Justice is investigating. The FBI is investigating. They started investigating before Donald Trump told them the day of the video's release to start investigating. Does that sound like it's institutional racism? It sure doesn't to me. It sounds like the institution is saying, oh man, that was really wrong. That black man was killed by a cop. That No, it wasn't even that. That man was killed by a cop. It wasn't a black man that was killed by a white cop. No, it was a terrible thing. The media makes a terrible thing about it. The media sits back and, and and makes it a black and white issue. And it annoys the living garbage out of me. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I've got a big surprise for you. <coughs> but first we got to talk about the media because the reason I don't want to bring up my big example that this is not an institutional racism thing is because the media is the reason I can prove this isn't an institutional reason, reasoning thing. Because the media, as usual, did their bang-up job on this whole thing. Totally unbiased. 
Here's Brooke, here's Brooke Jenkins, here's Brooke Baldwin, excuse me, from CNN, interviewing Andrea Jenkins, the uh, vice president of the city council, and crying after hearing Jenkins singing of Amazing Grace. Hey, if I had something to say, hey, Brooke, the song wasn't that mo uh, moving. Let's listen. That voice you just heard was that of Minneapolis City Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins. She joins me now. Excuse me, Miss Jenkins, it's just that, that your voice, that song, just, just everything that's been happening. Um, yeah, no bias there, right? No bias there. And by the way, the song sucked. She, he, whatever, has no voice on this whole thing. Absolutely zero voice. So, wow, really? So to sit back and think that, that these people are unbiased, but that wasn't the big one. Here's Don Lemon from CNN, earning a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and wearing a $2,000 suit he didn't have to pay for, bitching about how much danger he's in because he's black. Oh yeah, and he's a with blockhead Chris Cuomo, who I did edit out, but most of his, all of his speech or his lionizing, his just yelling at people, you get the hint. Listen to this. Imagine how people around this country feel when their friends like you, both of us are a different background, when their friends say nothing, when they do nothing, except send out a tweet or say, oh man, that's terrible. I can't believe that happens. And then when they see everyday racism, they don't stand up for it. Imagine how that feels to people of color in this country. It feels terrible. Is that really being a friend? But that, that's the problem, Chris. It doesn't, it's not that it happens. It happens a lot. We just don't see it. We're just seeing from the video. This, mm -hmm. is, this is the reason that Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee. And then people were upset, and the President of the United States having the nerve to call him and others who were standing up for this sort of injustice to call him sons of bitches. This is why people are standing up, so that it doesn't lead to this, so that you aren't sitting at home saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Look at what they're doing to this man. This happens all the time. This is why he was doing it. And the, the nerve and the gall of people to say, oh my gosh, stop doing this. I want to enjoy my football game. Now think about that now in this context, how selfish that sounds and how you, how you might feel if that was your loved one on the ground and that there were people who have been protesting this all along and who, are, who have been fed up for years and they're trying to get your attention by something as respectful as taking a knee at a football game, yet you can call them sons of bitches, but then you look for an excuse for this police officer in Minneapolis saying, well, there must have been something that led up to this. The guy must have been resisting. Clearly, this just can't be the, poor, the act of a, of a police officer or someone who is supposed to be protecting the community. Yes, it is. Do you know why I think, I, well, no, I, I don't think. I know that everything that Don Lamont said was absolute bull crap. Well, one, he's a gay black man on a primetime show on CNN. Two, he has a six-figure salary. Three, he's worth about $10 million. The Kaepernick comparison is just stupid. 
Kaepernick was protesting how terrible the United States is. He wore socks with pigs dressed in as police officers. So please don't tell me he was a good guy. He's also worth about $100 million being black. Well, half black. Raised by a white family. Adopted by a white family and raised by a white family. How afraid do you think Colin Kaepernick is to leave his house? I'm betting not very. What people don't understand is Kaepernick and Lemon are examples of why there is no systematic racism in the United States. They have profited from the system that they're trying to tear apart. Just like Barack Obama has. Uh, Again, another black man who, I don't know, became president of the United States. Finally, blacks are not under siege. Blacks being killed by police is actually very rare. The fact that people can name the victims proves this. Shooting of blacks has gone down consistently since the Civil Rights Act was signed into law. Do you know what race kills more blacks than cops? Other blacks. You just have to look at Chicago. No one reports this. Black and black crime is going up. Black and black murder is going up. Just look at Chicago. Do you know what race gets killed by more police shootings? White people. Do you know who Daniel Shaver is? Probably not, because his shooting was never really reported. He was killed by police in a hotel by two white police officers while on the ground begging not to be shot. And it was all recorded. Just look it up. And by the way, those policemen, they got into trouble too. There is no collective. It's an individual instance. One individual violates another individual. You cannot lay a blanket on everything when it comes to this stuff. And it's annoying that our politics today and our media and our politics... Oh, we haven't even gotten to the politicians yet. That's coming next. It's annoying that we just... We have one bad apple. One racist. Let's just say this this, Cho- this Chauvet or whatever his name is. Chauvet or Chauvet. He was a racist. Does that mean every white person in the country is a racist because you got an example of one racist? Does it mean that if you have a hundred racists or you have a hundred crimes that are that are racial, that is that every person, every white person in the world? No, of course not. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid, and it's irresponsible illogical and it's just a lie to say that's exactly what it is and thank god no one listens to cnn but you could tell because cnn was one of the buildings that was uh broken into during the atlanta riots but it's it's just sad but of course the left wants to use the crisis to their advantage And the news media just takes the ride. 
and pushes their new, which is actually a quite old agenda of theirs, and makes it something that we're going to have to deal with in November. Let's listen to Maxine Waters, the horrid member of Congress from one of the poorest black districts in Los Angeles. What does she have to say? And by the way, I picked her because she says some stupid stuff. My first thought was, not again, not one more killing. And I'm reflecting on all of the killings of uh, young black men in particular, but of course, black women too, uh, at the hands of the police. Uh, and at the hands of, uh, you know, these white supremacists. And I'm thinking about the way that the president conducts himself. Uh, in a way, he's dog whistling. And I think that they're feeling uh, that they can get away with uh, this kind of treatment. So there it is. She's blaming the president. It's the president's fault this whole thing happened. Even though the president wasn't there, the president had nothing to do with it. And it's basically, again, it's a blanket comment. And the dog whistling thing, I talked about this before. Do you realize do you realize that it's only Democrats that hear these dog whistles? No one hears these dog whistles except Democrats. I, I don't know what dog whistle he was talking about, but whatever. Here's the thing. If this woman could not drum up outrage, she wouldn't have a job because her district has which she doesn't even live in, she doesn't even live in her own district, would have voted her out decades ago. Now she'll run around, have speeches, blame Trump for everything, say how evil white people are, and get elected for another 20 years. That's what she does. She's the woman who called the Los Angeles riots in 1992 an uprising. She's just a terrible human being. But she's not the only one. The pander bear, the new pander bear, uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe, he had a message about this whole day, thing. I'd like you to listen. And when I say that, I mean really listen to what he's saying. Because I think it is going to have an effect on whether he gets elected or not. You know, this is the norm black people in this country deal with. They don't have to imagine it. The anger and frustration and the exhaustion, it's undeniable. But that is, that's not the promise of America. It's long past time that we made the promise of this nation real for all people. You know, this is no time for incendiary treats, tweets. It's no time to encourage violence. This is a national crisis. We need real leadership right now. Leadership that will bring everyone to the table so we can take measures to root out systemic racism. It's time for us to take a hard look at the uncomfortable truths. Joe initially ran as a moderate, and looking at the other candidates, he was. Uh, but now, to get Bernie supporters and the rest of the left, he feels he needs to pander further to the left. And their goals is to change the United States both socially and economically. They want to get rid of our rights and they want to get rid of our economy. They want to end the Second Amendment. They want to end the First Amendment. 
There are probably a few other amendments they're hitting, but the first two are the ones they're aiming at. And they want to destroy capitalism for socialism. Because socialism is so good and nobody else did it right. We can do it right. The only thing I like about this push to the left that Biden is going through is that he is alienating a lot of the country. Now, as far as what he said about this killing, and it's the same thing, the news media, it's the same thing everyone is saying. So I don't pay that much attention to it. I do believe the left is a small population, though. And I do believe that that small population are the rioters out there. And I do believe most of the country sees what's happening. Most of the countries, most of the people in the country saw what happened to Floyd. And they believe that it was unjust, unjust. And they're happy he's arrested. And they're all happy that these people are, that the other three officers are probably going to get charged. And they should. So what's the problem here? It's that small group of thugs and leftists who were on the streets last night. Or the streets for the last four nights. But the thing is, with with Biden, the problem with him is that his pandering is just, hasn't worked in the past. Hillary Clinton was the biggest panderer in the world. I she pandered to everybody. Remember, she went to the south and started speaking in a southern drawl. Being a pander bear does not work. It looks phony. It doesn't look real. And I think that is the problem he's going to have. See, here's the problem with Donald Trump. Here's the problem with Joe Biden. The problem is Joe Biden. He's not an electable candidate. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. On our side, or the on the uh, classical liberal side, which isn't leftist, classical liberal, we need to make sure that Trump gets reelected. We cannot let a leftist get elected, because I cannot trust the rest of the institutions of the United States, the legislative or the uh, or the um, judicial, to actually take care of business. So, <clears throat> what do we let's let's summarize this whole thing because this was a rather long podcast, and I've been watching the news for three days. Not as an inter, as an interested uh, participant, I wasn't sitting there and oh, we got to watch news. I also watched a Creep Show on Shutter, which I thought was fantastic. So, if you want to watch, I loved the original Creep Show movies. So, a company named Shutter made a uh, show called Creep Show, an actual TV show called Creep Show. Uh, just a couple short stories, an hour long. They've got one season out. It's really a good show. Uh, really over the top horror. So you'd love it if you want to see it. So let's summarize. So I don't feel bad that this is a little bit longer uh, because there was just a lot to say. And I'll tell you, I don't think I said it all. I think I could have had a ton more clips. I don't know even know how many clips I had in this video, but I had a lot of clips in this video. So let's summarize everything. First, what happened to George Floyd is horrid, and the cop got what he deserved. And the other three cops are going to get what they deserve. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if after time, that cop ends up getting second-degree murder instead of manslaughter or, or third-degree murder. So everyone calm down. We're not institutionally racist. Though I don't agree, I do agree with, the, uh, agree with their philosophy. I do agree with the protests. Now, don't forget, these protests didn't start violent. They started peaceful. They were just a bunch of pissed off people that went out and started protesting. I do agree with that. I think peaceful protest is a good thing and we should keep doing it. Even if the peaceful protest, the philosophy, seems a little misdirected. I think it is misdirected. Riots are not protests. Rioters and a mob are not protesters. These are thugs and (coughs) criminals and shouldn't be celebrated. Antifa and Black Lives Matter are not social groups. They are domestic terrorists, and they should be treated as such. So when we see people stealing from the Apple store in Los Angeles, like we did last night, these people are not celebrating George Floyd. These people are criminals, and they should be arrested. The media is trying, next, the media is trying to create a new narrative, and the leftist politicians are are pushing it. The reason they're trying to create a new narrative, and this isn't even a new narrative. This has been a narrative that's been around for ages, but they keep pushing it because everything else has failed. The Russian narrative has failed. The Ukrainian narrative has failed. The Stormy Daniels thing has failed. Everything they've thrown at Trump for the last three years has failed. What they can do, keep going to the bucket, and now we'll just go with the race thing. Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. White men had nothing to do with this. Police forces, even the Minneapolis police force, had nothing to do with this. It was four cops that committed this crime. Likewise, George Floyd, the entire black population, is not a victim class. They're not victims here. George Floyd is the victim here. And everything is negated when we have riots like this. But the media has to have some sort of narrative going into November. And right now they can use nothing. They can't even use the economy as a narrative because of a pandemic that's caused by somebody else, by China in this case. There is no institutional racism. That is a load of crap. Institutional racism. Let me give you some examples. Black people having to drink out of a different uh, water fountain than white people. Black people having to use different restrooms than white people. Black people having to sit in the bus. Black people having sit in the back of the bus. Black people having to sit in the having to have different schools. Emmett Till is an example of institutional racism. Rosa Parks is an example of institutional racism. Martin Luther King is an, in, is an example of institutional racism. Nobody in 2020 can say they've experienced institutional racism. 
They may have experienced racism, but that person, if it was a crime, that person is thrown out, thrown into jail. If it's a business that shows racism, that business typically doesn't survive. You do not have institutional racism in the United States, period. There are bad people in the world, and the United States has had its dark periods, but we are not in a dark period in our world. We are probably the best this nation has ever been, been economically, socially. Yes, we've got a lot of We've got a lot of uh, bantering back and forth, but I also hear from a lot of people in the 60s, this isn't that much different than what happened in the 60s with the hippie movement. Collectivism is evil. And I don't know why leftists don't get this, but collectivism is evil. And I, I I can repeat these final thoughts on every podcast and they would remain the same. Collectivism is when you apply to an individual, you take something that happened to an individual and apply it to the entire group. That's collectivism. It wasn't George Flo- that George Floyd was a victim. It's that all blacks are victims. It wasn't that Chauvin, the cop who killed Floyd, is a murderer. It's that all cops are murderers. Or worse, all white men are murderers. That's collect collectivism. And this is the same garbage they did in the Soviet Union. This is the same garbage they're still doing in China. This is the same garbage they did in Venezuela, Vietnam, North Korea. We could go on. It's been tried. It does not work. And it's evil. It has evil consequences. <coughs> so I, I don't know why these guys look at it, they, all people have to do is look through the entire 20th century and they will see how evil collectivism is. Nazism is collectivism. It's all evil. And we do not need that garbage in this country. And finally, my last thought, and this is a big thought, and it's a thought that has gotten me some results. We need the Second Amendment. Because if we look at all these cities, Chicago, New York, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, or not Santa Barbara, excuse me, San Jose, uh, Phoenix, Dallas, Atlanta, when, all of them, first off, are Democrat cities, okay? Most of them are in Democratic states. You cannot assume the government is going to protect you. They didn't in those cases. Matter of fact, California, who's been having riots now for the last two days, just deployed last night the National Guard. They're not here to protect you. They will pull the police away. They will pull the National Guard away. And they will run away. And it's going to be up to you. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think people need to get their heads out of their butts and protect themselves from these thugs, these terrorists. I think it's disgusting. This is a good thing because I finally convinced Josie to go to a gun range with me, get all the safety certifications for a gun, uh, for shooting, and actually go out and get herself a gun to protect herself and her family. I have guns. They're all legal to protect myself. I've never had to use them. 
I matter of fact, I don't even have ammo at the moment. That's how maybe I'm overconfident that something won't happen to me. Maybe that's what it is. But at least I taught her, hey, you you need to learn to shoot because the government's not, police are not going to protect you. The government is not going to protect you. They just, they're going to protect, the government is going to protect itself. That's all that's going to happen. Now, I've already gone really long. I've finished it. And unfortunately, I've skipped a bunch, a bunch of stories that happened last week. Last week was huge. <coughs> or I'm sorry, we're st- it's Sunday. We're still in this week. Um, SpaceX, and I'm going to talk about these probably in more detail tomorrow. I'm just going to talk, I'm just going to basically tell you the other news just to say, wow, look at this. This is awesome. SpaceX, combined with NASA, launched the first people into space in 10 years. This is a major accomplishment. We were paying Russia, I think it was like $84 million a year, to send send Americans to the International Space Station. Well, now we did. And that it, what's awesome, a private company actually, uh, actually created the rocket. Elon Musk is a just an animal and he's going to go down as one of the greatest inventors in in the world president trump signs an executive order basically removing the protections that social media platforms were receiving so they did this he did this in response to how conservatives are being silenced now twitter which is the one he really was thinking about at the time, because obviously Trump is a Twitter guy. Twitter actually went in and responded back, and not in good ways. Now, remember I told you a long time ago, I'm probably 50 podcasts ago, Social the, the push by the media, and that includes social media, is going to get worse closer to the election, and the more they realize Joe Biden is not a, a uh, candidate, not a good candidate. And Twitter is doing it. We'll have that story tomorrow. And finally, China, uh, Trump drops a hammer on China and its behavior towards Hong Kong. Hong Kong is never going to be the same country anymore. It's going to be considered China by the United States. And that's going to have some major economic effects on both China and Hong Kong. And the other question's got to be, what's going to happen to Taiwan? Because they're next. Are we actually heading towards a real war, not just an economic war? That's something we're going to talk about tomorrow, because I think it's a great, great question, especially as China begins to get squeezed economically. And they're going to be squeezed economically. This coronavirus thing that they've basically released by accident, I believe they released it by accident, they've weaponized it. Let's call it what it is. They saw the opportunity that these this virus was spreading and how countries were going to react, and they've taken advantage of it. So we got some stuff to talk about on Monday. You can follow me on, it was not coronavirus, by the way. You can follow me at Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Pod uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. 
Though, I, I my understanding is it's getting kind of hard to find my podcast on YouTube, so I'm not exactly sure what's happening. I may have to do something a little bit different to make sure it's on YouTube. You can take a look at the full videos, all of the links, and uh, the little audio cuts if you want at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. That's where I keep my show notes. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.